So I've titled this message, Dedicated to the Lord, and the key text is Romans 12, verse 1 to 2. I'm going to read it from the New International Version. It will be on the screen. And uh, Paul is writing to the believers in Rome, and he says the following thing. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You know, in these two short verses, Paul urges us as believers to do four things. He urges us to offer ourselves as living sacrifices to God. Think about that. To live holy lives as an act of worship to the Lord, not to conform to the pattern of the world, that means the culture around us, and then to renew our minds so that we will know God's perfect will. If you have a look at those points, which of them stands out for you? Which of them is the Holy Spirit highlighting for you? Ponder on those for a moment. Which word, which sentence is resonating in your heart? Now, there's a key found in this passage, a key that is critical for us to find if we are to live the way that Paul urges us to live. And the key is these five words. In view of God's mercy, there's the key. In view of God's mercy. These words are the key to us offering ourselves to the Lord as living sacrifices. They are the key because they provide us with the right motive for a surrendered life. We have to surrender our life to the Lord with the right motive. You know, when we meditate on the mercy of Abba Father in sending his son to die for us so that our sins can be forgiven, and when we meditate on the mercy that Jesus extends to us through his blood, and when this mercy pierces our hearts, impacts our hearts, and not just our heads, then we are able to dedicate ourselves to him, to become living sacrifices as a worshipful response to his love. The key is to his love. I have three points to share with you today. And the first point is a bond servant for Christ. A bond servant for Christ. So Paul is writing to the church in Rome. That was Romans 12 that we read. But right at the beginning of the letter to the church in Rome, in Romans chapter 1, Paul introduces himself as himself as follows. He says, I am a bondservant of Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. That's quite a sense of his purpose, of his mandate, of his identity. I am a bondservant of Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. Now, a bondservant was a very specific type of servant. A servant who had dedicated his life to his master, given his life to his master. The Greek word for bondservant is doulos, and the inherent meaning is twofold. Firstly, the disregard of one's own interests in order to be devoted to another. And secondly, one who is subservient to and entirely at the disposal of his master. 
That's a bond servant. You know, under the Mosaic law, a normal servant could also choose to become a bond servant. Because remember, in the Old Testament, servants uh, would serve a master, and then in the year of Jubilee, all the servants were set free. They were all set free. But what happened if a servant wanted to continue to serve that master? They loved that master while provision was made. Let's have a look at Exodus 21, verse 5 to 6. It says, if the servant declares, I love my master, there's the key again, it's out of love. I love my master and my wife and children and do not want to go free. Then his master must take him before the judges. He shall take him to the door or the doorpost and pierce his ear with an awl. Then he will be his servant for life. You know, Jesus saved Paul. We remember his conversion on the road to Damascus. An incredible, incredible encounter with Jesus. And the Lord saves him out of a life of religion and gives him a faith and a personal relationship with him. And because of this, Paul devoted the rest of his life to serving Jesus. He had received the mercy key. Paul had received the mercy key. And because of that, he disregarded his own interests, his own comfort, and his own pleasures in order to serve the Lord. It's an incredible thing. In Romans 14 verse 8, Paul writes, If we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. In Philippians 1 verse 21, he wrote, for, new, for, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. So Paul gives us this incredible example because he didn't just urge us to dedicate our lives to the Lord as living sacrifices. He did it himself. He lived this out. Paul loved the Lord and he loved the gospel message and he loved the church and he loved the lost. So Paul dedicated his life to serving God's purposes in his generation. He set his life apart for the things of the Lord. Friends, a bondservant is someone who is entirely at the disposal of his master. And Paul was entirely at the disposal of the Lord Jesus. I have a friend who spent a number of years on the ships with Operation Mobilization. And uh, the ship that he was on was actually named the Doulos. So the ship was named Bondservant, setting apart for the things of the Lord, laying down my life for the things of the Lord. That was the name of the ship. And when I spoke to him during the week and told him about this message that the Lord was stirring in my heart, he took off his finger a ring. It was a rugged ring. It's got a few dings in it. It's not a perfect ring. It was actually made from a bolt by one of the machinists on the ship. And uh, he wears it as a reminder that he, even today, is a bondservant to the Lord. You know, in view of God's mercy, we have to ask ourselves the question, are we willing to become a bondservant to the Lord? Each and every one of us needs to answer that question. And this question is so important because as disciples of Jesus, sometimes he asks us to do things that we would rather not do. Has God ever asked you to do something if you're like, oh no, Lord, here I am I, send Aaron. Have you ever done that? And sometimes the Lord asks us to go to places where we would prefer not to go to, or even to make sacrifices that we find difficult to make. 
Yet in Matthew 10 verse 39, Jesus said, he who finds his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake will find it. You know, in the New Living Translation, it's put like this. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. And the message version, it's written, if your first concern is to look after yourself, you will never find yourself. But if you forget about yourself and look to me, you'll find both yourself and me. When we look at Paul, we see someone who was so alive to God. He was full of the Holy Spirit. He had fruitfulness in his ministry and he was living for eternity. He wasn't living for the things of this world. He lost his life for Christ's sake, but in doing so, he found a life worth living. Friends, the advantages of true discipleship far outweigh the sacrifices. But it all starts with a heartfelt decision to dedicate ourselves to the Lord, to becoming his bond servants. So that's point number one, a bond servant for the Lord. Point number two is a humble prayer. Now listen to what happened to Isaiah when he saw the Lord. In Isaiah 6 verse 1 to 8, reading from the New International Version, you might want to turn there in your Bibles. Isaiah chapter 6 verse 1 to 8. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Just imagine the greatness of God. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. You know, if the angels can sing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of our glory. How much more shouldn't it be our song of praise? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. Isaiah has an encounter with the Lord and his life is changed forever. His sins are atoned for. It's a beautiful picture of how his sins were atoned for. And then he becomes a prophet of God. You know, he just caught a glimpse of God's greatness, but he tasted God's mercy. And the humble prayer that flows from his heart is, here am I, send me. Now that is a prayer of consecration. That is a prayer that says, Lord, I will be your bondservant. You can send me wherever you want to. 
Now, if you're sitting here or you're watching online and the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about consecrating your life to the Lord, all it takes is a sincere prayer, responding to his mercy, and a very, very humble prayer, a humble heart. Now, your prayer can be as short as Isaiah. Just right here, you can say, here I am, Lord, send me. There's a sincerity in your heart. Here I am, Lord, send me. Such a humble prayer of dedication. Uh, for those of you who like to work with pictures, I heard about an illustration that Louis Giglio did during one of his sermons. He took a blank piece of paper, he wrote the word yes on it, and he gave it to the Lord. And as he gave it to the Lord, this was his prayer. He said, Lord, I give you my life. Whatever you ask me to do, my answer is yes. Or perhaps you may want to make the prayer of Frances Havergal your own. Uh, she was a hymn writer, and she wrote the famous hymn titled, Take My Life and Let It Be, Consecrated Lord to Thee. Now I'm going to read the words of these, uh, the different verses of this hymn, but I want to invite you to make this your prayer, a prayer of consecration. So some of you might want to close your eyes if you'd like to do that, otherwise you can focus on the screen, uh, but let them not just be words read. Let this be a prayer to the Lord from our hearts. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Take my moments and my days. Let them flow in endless praise. Take my hands and let them move at the impulse of thy love. Take my feet and let them be swift, and beautiful for thee. Lord, take, take our feet and send us to places, Lord. And may our feet be swift and beautiful for thee. Take my voice and let me sing, always only for my King. Oh, I think the Lord loved our praises this morning. Take my voice and let me sing, always only for my King. Take my lips and let them be filled with messages from thee. I love that. Lord, may our lips be filled with your messages, your prophetic words, your words of encouragement, your words of life. Give us opportunity to speak hope and life into people's lives. Take my silver and my gold. Not a mite would I withhold. Take my intellect and use every power as thou shalt choose. Take my will and make it thine. It shall be no longer mine. O oh Lord, may your will be done. May your kingdom come. Lord, may your will be done. May your kingdom come. May your will be done. Your kingdom come. Take my heart. It is thine own. It shall be thy royal throne. Come, Lord, come sit on the throne of my heart. Come and rule. Come and live there. May it be your throne. Take my love, my Lord, I pour. At thy feet its treasures store. Take myself, and I, and I will be ever only all for thee. The last two lines are a prayer of a bondservant. Take myself, and I will be ever only all for thee. Now, this may be a humble prayer, but it's a prayer that can transform our lives. It's a prayer that can transform a marriage. It's a prayer that can transform a family. It's a prayer that can transform a business. 
or a workplace as we dedicate ourselves to the Lord or for the glory of God. Point number three, uh, dedicating our children to the Lord. So the first two points focused on dedicating ourselves to the Lord, becoming bond servants of Jesus and serving him with all that we have. But as I was preparing, I felt the Lord impress on my heart to share about dedicating our children to the Lord. This is not just about a dedication service when they are young, but about an ongoing process of entrusting our children into the Lord's care and praying that they will live for Him all their days. I've had the privilege of dedicating many children to the Lord over the years, and there's something so special about holding a little baby in your arms and praying over that baby and asking the Lord to bless this child, trusting God for a word and speaking it over this little child's life. I remember when Colin was about six months old, Pastor John dedicated him to the Lord and he gave a key scripture that I still hold on to today, still burns in my heart. And there's something incredible to do that. Often when I do dedication services, I talk about Hannah dedicating Samuel to the Lord. And it's a very tender story about a lady who's barren. She can't have children. And so in her anguish and in her distress, she cries out to God. She says, Lord, if you will just give me a son, I will give him over to you and he will serve you all his days. And the Lord hears her prayer and she conceives and she gives birth to a son and she names him Samuel. Uh, the name Samuel means because I asked the Lord for him. Is there anyone here whose name is Samuel? Well, your mom and dad asked the Lord for you. And uh, when Hannah had weaned Samuel, she fulfilled her promise and took him to Eli the priest. And in 1 Samuel 1 verse 26 to 28, we read the following. This is from the New Living Translation. Sir, do you remember me, Hannah asked. I am the very woman who stood here several years ago praying to the Lord. I asked the Lord to give me this boy and he has granted my request. Now I am giving him to the Lord and he will belong to the Lord his whole life. And then the three of them, Hannah, her husband Elkanah and Eli the priest, worship the Lord in that place. It's incredible. Hannah and Elkanah, uh, her husband left Samuel with Eli the priest and he was raised in the temple of the Lord. Now, I've dedicated some really cute little babies and every now and again, I'm holding this lovely little child Then I say to the parents, okay, you can go home now. I'll look after your little one. And uh, I've yet to have a parent saying, cool, that's fine. Okay, so, uh, but, you know, we might be sitting here thinking, how in the world did Hannah and Elkanah actually leave their son with Eli the priest. And uh, this is how. It's found in 1 Samuel chapter 2. It contains Hannah's prayer. And maybe today you want to go home and you want to meditate on 1 Samuel chapter 2. And in her prayer, we get a glimpse of someone who knew the Lord and trusted in him. In verse 2, she says, There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. This is who she was entrusting her son to. In verse 8b and 9, it says, For the foundations of the earth are the Lord. Upon them he has set the world. He will guard the feet of his saints. But what I love about Hannah is that she doesn't only focus on God's strength and protection. She acknowledges his sovereignty. In verse 6 to 8, she writes, The Lord brings death and makes alive. He brings down to the grave 
and he raises up. The Lord sends poverty and wealth. He humbles and he exalts. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap. He sets them with princes and makes them inherit a throne of honor. I spoke to a lady in our church the other day and she mentioned that she had recently meditated and journaled on Hannah's prayer. And I think this is a really wonderful thing to do, especially if you're facing something hard and you need to remind yourself of the character and the heart of the Lord. Hannah dedicated Samuel to the Lord and she completely entrusted her son into God's sovereign care. And look at what the Lord did. Firstly, he called Samuel at a young age to become a prophet. 1 Samuel 3 verse 19 to 20 says, The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. There we go. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh, and there he received, he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. And secondly, after Eli's death, the Lord actually made Samuel the leader of the whole nation of Israel. And that was until the first king, King Saul, was appointed. Samuel was the leader. And the Lord used Samuel to bring the Israelites back to God. In 1 Samuel 7, verse 3 to 4, we read, So Samuel said to all the Israelites, If you are returning to the Lord with all your hearts, then rid yourselves of the foreign gods and the Ashtoreths, and commit yourselves to the Lord and serve him only. And he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. So the Israelites put away their bowls and asterisks, and they served the Lord only. You know, Paul, when he urged people to live and to commit their lives as a living sacrifice to the Lord, he was just saying, anything that's in your life that is not from the Lord, that is not for the Lord, put it away. Put it away. Let's serve the Lord as bond servants. Personally, I think Samuel is one of the greatest, greatest examples in the Old Testament. Uh, he served the Lord faithfully all his days. And it's wonderful to see what the Lord can do through a person whose life has been dedicated to him. Amen, amen. So firstly, we dedicate ourselves and our children to the Lord for God's kingdom purposes. That's why we do it. But we also dedicate ourselves and our children to the Lord for the sake of peace. Okay, because us as parents, sometimes we need God's help and his peace, especially as our children grow up and begin to spread their wings. Any parents can identify with that. Okay, so we have to uh, dedicate our children for that. You know, Jesus himself was dedicated to the Lord. Uh, we read in uh, Luke chapter 2 how Mary and Joseph took Jesus to the temple to present him to the Lord, and there they met a man named Simeon, a very holy and devout man. And God had told Simeon that you won't die until you've seen the Lord's Messiah. And so he's eagerly awaiting this. And here come Mary and Joseph, and they put Jesus into his arms. Just incredible. Can you imagine him holding the Messiah, seeing Jesus? So I want you to be a fly on the wall of Jesus' dedication as I read the next passage of Scripture. Luke 2, verse 28 to 35. Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. 
The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against. And Jesus was spoken against a lot by a lot of people so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. You know, verse 33 says that Mary and Joseph marveled at what was said about Jesus and how they must have treasured these words as they watched Jesus grow up in front of them because they were raising the Messiah, the Savior of the world. And what an anchor these prophetic words must have been for Mary especially when Jesus was persecuted by the Pharisees, when he was rejected in his own hometown, and especially when he was crucified. Because Jesus was dedicated to the Lord, and Mary knew that because of that, she needed to surrender her son to Abba Father's divine purpose and to his sovereign care. She had to surrender him. Jesus became the ultimate bond servant, laying down his life for us. John 15, 23 says, greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. Now, I'd like to conclude with all of this by rereading Romans 12, verse 1 to 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. God in His goodness and His love to us is calling us to be bond servants for Christ. He's calling us to pray a humble prayer, dedicating ourselves to Jesus. And he's calling us to dedicate our children to the Lord. Why should we do this? Because of his great mercy. Because of his great mercy to us. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, you said that unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Today, we dedicate our lives to you. We offer ourselves as living sacrifices. We are your bond servants, eager to do your will and bear much fruit for your glory. Lord, we give you our blank page, yes. May your will be done. And may your kingdom come in everything that we do and say. Finally, Lord, we rededicate our children to you today. They are yours. Like Hannah and like Mary and Joseph, we entrust our children into your care, praying that you will bless them and that they will serve your purposes in their generation. In Jesus' name, we ask these things. Amen. Now, Father, I just pray for your blessing on your people. I say the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord turn his face towards you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen.